Well, there's a new OTT in town, Keith. Yep, View It's here, and the other local TV stations are looking at it as an OTT opportunity when they can't afford their own. We'll talk about that. And sports, I mean, if sports isn't a drama, there's a lot more drama going on at the Fan 590 in St. Louis. We'll have some things to talk about that. So good morning with our opinions, comments, and show shuffling. I'm Jackson Weaver in the Emerald City, and uh, my friend and co-host in southern, southern sunny California, or sunny southern California, is Keith Samuels. We aren't media consultants, not at all. We are media insultants. So welcome to the Thursday, November 18th episode of Media Insultant. You know, every business has its geeks. I mean, the text geeks are the guys we got to fix our computers before we had IT departments, remember? Oh, yep. Get Bob. He's good at computers. Of course, food geeks will watch hours of MasterChef or Anthony Bourdain. And sports geeks, I'd argue, can sometimes be the worst. Anybody who's had a, <laughs> a, a relationship with a sports radio station understands what that's about. So while this isn't a big deal in the scheme of things that Keith and I talk about, Keith and I are understandably radio and broadcast geeks. And the sale of a sports station in St. Louis caught our attention. KFNS, which is an AM station, they call it 590 The Fan, has been sold in St. Louis. As I say, this isn't significant, but we get into it, and it's kind of a storied station. And it's got some conflict and drama, and it's got great history. Bob Sudbrink, who uh, a lot of the boomers who watch our show, listen to our podcast, will remember that name. He put the station on the air in 1961 as WRTH, and he owned a group of Midwest stations. Now, what's interesting is in 68, he sold just this station, and he raised enough money selling it to buy seven (laughs) FM stations in major markets. Milwaukee, Baltimore, Chicago, Houston, Atlanta goes on. Yeah, I know. It's it's amazing. And it's been a sports station for a long time, I think since 1993. In fact, Keith, you have a little bit of history with KFNS 590 The Fan. Tell us well, that yeah, story. I guess I picked up the story when I was working for Sporting News Radio and Clancy Woods Back in the aughts, uh, well, let's see, yeah, this was this was uh, 2006, seven, and uh, KFNS was an affiliate to Sporting News Radio, owned by a company called Big League Broadcasting out of Atlanta. And Big League Broadcasting was owned by a guy named Andrew Saltzman and his partner Steak Shapiro. They had two of our affiliates. They had a, a great Atlanta station, uh, and uh, and they had and they had this station in St. Louis. As I think part of that affiliation and part of how we maintain that relationship with him is that we cleared one of his shows out of Atlanta, the Two Live Stews, the Stewart Brothers out of Atlanta. And at the time, it was the only network sports show hosted by a couple of uh, African-American guys, hosts, the brothers, the, the, you know, the, the uh, Stewarts. And they were, you know, one was an F- ex-NFL ball player. Uh, the other was another great athlete. But they had a great show, and we cleared it on the network, uh, basically to, you know, make sure we kept this affiliation. But uh, after I left Sporting News, uh, I think Andrew then ended up up selling the stations and kind of getting out of the business in St. Louis. And I think he kept Atlanta for a while. And I think 
that's now been sold. I don't think he's in the business any longer. But well, you know current. what's interesting about this is that, and you know, we wouldn't fixate on a unrated, unsubscribing, no audience AM sports station in St. Louis, other than the fact that. This caught my eye in the trades last week because the station sold for a whopping $450,000. But it's the conditions under which this sale came about for a little radio station. What is it my, a Russian friend of mine once said? You know, there's way too many clowns for a circus this small. <laughs> okay? And that applies to, to KFNS in St. Louis. There's way too many clowns, way too much BS going on you know, for a circus this small. So what came out in the in the trades last week, Jackson, that, that really got us teed off on this? Well, the, the controversy is he's been trying to sell. The current owner is a guy by the name of Randy Merkel, and he's been on the right. station uh, for maybe three or four years or at the time, and he's decided in uh, 2018 he was going to sell it. So he goes public, he's going to sell the station. Well, it takes him three and a half years to get the station sold. And who does he sell it to but his bookkeeper and the guy who runs events, which what's he's the van driver or something? I don't know. Yeah. But, puts the banners up yeah, at the exactly. remotes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I agree with feet on the street, but come on. it's At some point, you know, that's a you're, you're reaching pretty far down the ladder when you're selling it to uh, somebody in-house like that. And then, but, it, but the story gets even better yeah, the, because the drama this guy – Go ahead. This guy has a as – a, as a, um, a row with the uh, general manager of the station, which is essentially his boss, who's also the an on-air personality at the station, because you know there's some there's some miscommunication between them, caused by the fact that uh, uh, that the guy that was the event coordinator and billing manager was was accused the the, the GM and morning guy of some conducting some unconventional deals, and so the GM morning guy quits <laughs> it's like what so whoa who's who's in charge here is the event coordinator running the station or is the you know, gm running the station well and, and the, um, the sale hasn't even been completed so the new no. buyer has just applied to the fcc it doesn't mean that he has any control in fact he can't exercise legally any control until that closes so it's it's a real drama i mean people magazine so for our non-radio friends and we have lots of them watching what would be an unconventional deal in radio? And this has to be related to like advertising deals and bill payments. Or let's let's fantasize a bit about unconventional deals. Well, that's the thing. It could be anything. I mean, the the first thing that pops to mind are, are trades, and ah. you know, the trades are ways that you can bury an awful lot of expenses and compensation. And while it's harder to do uh, than it used to be and people are more reluctant to do it, it's still, you know, particularly for a smaller station, uh, which isn't going to come under an awful lot of scrutiny, you know, that's the, that's the big thing I can think. But who knows? And it, Well, but, you know, and you, and you talk about trade deals. There's, what we're talking about here is that somebody gets a product or a service, the radio station does, in exchange for airtime. Right. So they'll, run, they'll trade you airtime for whatever you're selling. And it could be from this, you know, a car for the general manager, to uh, an air conditioning unit, you know, for the for the facility, or or it could even be rent for the office space. You know, you could trade all that stuff out. And that, but that where it gets kinky is is the rate, the the trade ratio. So you give me a ten thousand dollar used car, but for, and the, and as the station guy, I'm going to give you 
three or four times that much in airtime. Right. Right. So the weaker the station, the less audience there is to a station, the more commercials they get to cover the cost of that particular item they're trading for. So the unconventional part of this might be that there was like, you know, way out of whack ratios in terms of how much trade he was giving for what services and products they were getting in return. Could be talent fees he was asking for on station events. It's kind of screwed. But I want to know how an event coordinator slash billing manager comes up with 450 grand. Well, he only came up with 150, so he still got the balance to pay off. But still, it does it does raise some financial questions. Although, you know, the the deal still has to close, and I think that's one of the things I see. As I see a lot of these deals that look kind of marginal, go to the FCC, and then they never close. The FCC approves yeah, them, and right. they never close. I think. Well, the- we're gonna we're we're gonna keep our eye on this one. We will keep you filled in on the the fate of the fan. In St. Louis. Well, for Randy and, uh, Merkel, he's, he claims to have put $3 million into this station, Keith, and uh, right. it's a huge write-off for him. Uh, he says he's going to take uh, the money that he gets, <laughs> what little he gets, and he's going to develop a youth baseball facility near the Lake of the Ozarks. So uh, that's that's what happens to uh, to radio investors. They, they go off and play <laughs> baseball. Field of Dreams kind of stuff. Well, and the Lake of the Ozarks is quite the uh, the uh, resort destination now. You know, there's a new Tiger Woods golf course up there, and it's it's all the rage destination wise for that part of the country. That part of the country, but yeah, but uh, you know, how's he going to do that on four hundred fifty grand? Good question. Well, we'll see. You know. We'll see. That's yeah, we'll that's see. what that's what makes the business so interesting sometimes. <laughs> and I'm sure Woody is rolling over in his grave right now. Woody, <laughs> yeah. said, well, and I'm sure Andrew Saltzman's going. Boy, I'm glad I got out of that deal. <laughs> so. Hey, Keith, um, are reruns okay on Media Insultant? Because we're going to find out over the holiday. Reruns are okay, and so are retrans funds. So, you know, we, we need to get those retrans checks, and uh, running reruns is one way to do it. Well, before we get into what we want to do on that, uh, everybody's got a tech stack, right? So, uh, and, and the problem is that the independent TV stations often don't have enough resources for a real tech stack, Keith. They, right. they have, a, they have a, a small tech stack. So along comes Viewit. Viewit is the latest OTT over-the-top platform, which is similar to any other ad-supported, non-subscription kind of a service like Tubi or what's the other big one that's uh, that's out there? Pluto. Yeah, Pluto, right. They claim they have signed up 174 stations in 210 markets. And get their marketing phrase. They say, the Netflix of live, local, free. Okay. Okay. I'm sure that I'm sure that most people are going to go. Oh, I I get that, but it's backed by Gray Broadcasting, and the thing that's that's interesting is if you look at who they signed up, Keith, it's none of the big boys. The biggest groups they've got are Hearst and Cox. You know, the deal is, as I look at it, is they don't have the these stations do not have the platform like Stir with Sinclair or Pluto for CBS Viacom. Yep. And right. so they are setting up kind of this OTT platform of independent television stations all over the country. And one of the things that I thought was just really, whoa, I don't know why I would, why would an intelligent man say that or intelligent person say that. <laughs> the uh, Gray executive claimed that people would tune in to watch their local station and then be attracted to local programming at other stations in other parts of the country. Yeah, like I want to watch a newscast in Paducah, Kentucky. I don't get that. So, well, yeah, you have some thoughts on this. What? What? What's well, your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I, 
in playing around on the service, it, it reminded me more of less OTT and more TuneIn. So TuneIn is an app for your uh, smartphones that aggregates the streams of radio stations around the country, now around the world, I think, and other content as well. But it's it's basically you just go there because you want to listen to your home radio station and you can't because either you can't get the signal or you're out of the city. And they build a business on that, so everybody wants their, their radio station up there. But So this is a basically an aggregation of television station and other sources of, of media, of other video media, streams it's their streams so you go if you, you know if you if you're you you live in LA but you're from Honolulu you want to watch you know Honolulu news instead of going to your to KGMB on your computer where they're streaming all the news and weather reports for your home island you go onto this app and you scroll down until you get to Honolulu and then you hope your station's there and they've got one there and that's running nonstop reruns of the local news broadcasts so I find it, A, cumbersome, B, not very compelling in terms of what content's on there that I can't get somewhere else or directly. If I was that interested in watching, you know, uh, as you did, KRLD-TV from Colorado Springs, you know, uh, okay, but you could go to the TV station and find it. You could go to the TV and stream it live. You sure you know, could. You can go yeah. to their website. Yeah. You know, what do you, what do you need to download, view it, and do that? Um, and then the other part of the viewing experience that I found really annoying was that they don't stream all the commercials. Now, you found where they were streaming some commercials. Uh, where I was watching, they weren't streaming the commercials. So you have two and a half to three minute spot breaks of a screensaver. Wow. Wow. No. So who's gonna, So what am I going to do? Sit around and watch the screensaver so I can wait for the, you know, the tornado report from Lincoln, Nebraska? And, and by the way... Their market list is pretty sparse. Let me put it that way. So if you know, I'm, go, I'm going. You launched with this lineup. Well, they, you know, they, it's not. I don't. I don't get it, Jackson. But Keith, they I'm do, not. I'm not into view it. They do claim they've got 174 out of 210 markets. So they they claim they've got enough depth, and and they probably do. Gray's got enough stations, but there is only going to be one station i.e. one newscast per market. And on the commercials, yeah, you're right. I watched KR, uh, KRDO in Colorado Springs okay, just as, a, as an example. But they were yeah. programmatically filling it in with Seattle ads, including a couple of the same ad back to back to back. They played three of the same ads back to back to back, which is programmatic, programmatic advertising at its finest. <laughs> at its finest yeah and i the, your point on the dead commercial stir has that same problem they'll they'll drop you know we'll be right back are you kidding in this day and age nobody wants to be right back you know yep, i'm yep. gonna move on anyway view it as the newest the newest ott is uh we, i'm sure there will be a lot of filtering out over the next couple of years and we'll talk about that but the holidays keith are on us now so we're going to wrap up our regular schedule this week and we'll have a couple of best of media insultant interviews we'll re re reintroduce on the Vimeo platform. We've had some problems with YouTube, as we've often talked about. Mm -hmm. um, but we will uh, reintroduce a couple of uh, great interviews with Ed Steenman on the art of advertising in the automobile business today. And then we'll also have media recruitment with Lucy Rice, which has you know, probably been our most successful interview most uh, watched interview and she has some great ideas so we're going to do that for thanksgiving week and we'll wish everybody 
a great week, Keith. You know, I'm sure you're going to be. I'm not even going to make turkey jokes. It's just this is just crazy because because there no, there is no. no joke in turkey unless you're talking about some of the people who run our radio stations. But yeah, and but you know, for Thanksgiving in Southern California, we wear we wear fall orange golf shirts. You know, it's great. It's a uh, you know, it's so seasonal. But the interview with the interviews uh, with Lucy Rice is incredible. Not only about the recruitment challenges that that broadcasters are having, but also how to overcome some of those. But she also gets into how to onboard new salespeople, how to, you know, there's, there's some compensation discussions. It's all about, you know, maintaining, you know, stability in your sales department, keeping the good people and not losing them. With Ed, it's not only about what's going on in the automobile business, but it's also what you as a salesperson and a sales manager need to know about what's going on in the automobile business. So when you talk to the dealers or their ad agencies, you're not a knucklehead. You'll come in with just the right information and the right attitude and the right knowledge so you can have an intelligent conversation with people that are controlling a lot of ad dollars in a category, as we're finding out this fall, is really struggling. I mean, ad, ad business for auto dealers is way down. They're still advertising. And this is a way for you to keep Keep that up and, and fight the fight and stay in and get some of that budget uh, going into the rest of this year, but also, more importantly, for 2022. So these are real valuable interviews and, and helpful uh, viewpoints to help you survive in the coming year. Uh, and it's not stuff you're going to hear really anywhere else. These are really unique individuals with their unique perspectives. And if you didn't see it the first time around, you got to watch if you did but didn't take good notes, watch them again. They're terrific. <laughs> amen. Amen. All right. Well, Keith Media and Sultan is a production of InTown Media. We've been doing contract interim management for more than 20 years. We do welcome your comments anytime at Jackson at InTown Media. Keith, happy Thanksgiving. And until uh, the week after Thanksgiving, you go and have a great holiday, buddy. Thank you, Jackson. Have a great Thanksgiving. All the best to you and your family. <laughs>